0: So, having consistency in your training and consistency in the gear that you're using can really help the dogs be more confident that this is what you want from me.
1: From the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Hello everybody and welcome to Trail Tales ARP Season 4 Episode 13 already. I can't believe it. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to hook up and chase tail. That's right. I've got North American Canicross with me today and joining me from this wonderful organization is Alexis, Lizzie and Jackie. Ladies, welcome and thank you for taking the time to join me on the show today.
2: Thanks for having us. (laughs) So
1: before we get into our discussion, would you each mind just taking a brief moment and give a brief introduction of yourself?
2: Sure. Yeah, I can start. Uh, My name is Alexis. Um, I had read about Canning Cross actually while I was pregnant and never thought I was going to be able to do something like that. And through other dog sports, I met Jackie and Lizzie who are here today too. And we just started getting into it. So, we do a bunch of other dog sports, but we've been loving Canning Cross
0: lately.
1: Wonderful, yeah, it's so much fun. And how about yourself, Lizzie?
0: So, my name's Lizzie Hill. Um, I'm a trainer uh, in my free time, so I've always been really involved in dogs and dog sports. Um uh, before that, I was into equestrian sports. So pretty much I've always been, whatever I can do with my animal, like we were we were doing it. Um but I will say I was never a big runner. In fact I loathed running. <laughs> uh, I was definitely one that did everything in my power to stay away from running or if I ran a 5K, it was more like a oh if my friends are going I'll jog a 5K and not train for it. Um, and then <laughs> um, Jackie and I also met through other dog sports, um, specifically dock diving. And she convinced Alexis and I to come out and run with the dogs, um, cany cross style. And um, to avoid the pun, I was hooked because my younger dog, who was clearly made for this sport, loved it so much. And I was like, well, I can't deprive him of that. So I guess I'm going to learn to love running. <laughs> and here we are.
1: <laughs> there you go. It's almost like they, they say, you know, who rescued who when it comes to the dog <laughs> and like, who got who into running here, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: And Jackie, who's a <laughs> terrible <Jackie>. influence. <laughs> and last but not least, Jackie.
3: So I'm Jackie um, and I was mainly actually a runner before the dog sports and uh, I just ended up getting into dog sports with my dogs and through that I wanted to figure out how to run with them better and make their experience a little bit better. So I just, through research, I found Cana Cross and started uh, buying all the equipment as you do, you know, and once we started and got going, it, it was just really, it was It was fun and the dog just loved it. And then I met Lizzie and Alexis and kind of (laughs) just made everyone join me. They didn't give them a chance. (laughs) So (laughs) just went from there and from here on out, it just, we seem to want to just keep going, keep pushing distance, keep pushing pace. And it's just been a fun adventure.
1: That's awesome. It certainly sounds like it's been a fun adventure and there's so much more ahead of you. Um, so there are a lot of questions here and a lot of things to cover. And I know I've got a ton of questions, but mm-hmm. let's just start off at the beginning. So, you know, Canicross is so much more than just running with your dog, I guess, right? There's a certain style certain equipment, things that, that we all use to do that. And I know I'm, I'm no professional at this at all. But um, first off, let's talk about how you came to develop North American Canicross, your association here.
0: I think we saw a gap in the market Um, being so involved with other dog sports. We realized that there really is a desire for people like us who do something with our dogs, to be able to connect with other people um, like themselves and um, all of us being competitive in nature, having a way to um, rack up miles you know, compete with other um, Caney crossers and really make it feel more like a community. Cause right now I feel like anytime you talk with other Caney crossers, they're either um, on the other side of the pond, or um, if they're here, they're feeling like um, they don't have an outlet for other Caney crossers or Caney cross events. Um, So at the end of the day, Um, I will say Alexis was the most enthusiastic Jackie and I'd be fine to just keep on running by ourselves. Um, but she really pushed us to, um, make this something that other people can join us on our journey because it's made such a huge difference for us. Um, so we're just really trying to fill a gap in the market and make it so that Caney Cross is something that exists over here in the U S and, um, is available for people who are like us and want to, want to bond with their dogs and want to run.
2: Yeah, I can follow up a little bit on that too, that gap. Um, There's not a lot of education out here in terms of equipment, like people to go to, to ask about equipment or see other people running with their dogs Mm -hmm. Um, clubs that hook up, you know, a lot of races either limit if you can bring a dog or if you can't bring a dog. And we kind of wanted to make, um, help answer those questions so that more people were able to run with their dog and knew where to run with their dogs and races would want to have us with our dogs because there is about an amount of training involved you know so your dog's not just showing up you know um jumping on a leash or anything (laughs) like that you know we have well-mannered pets and um running mates so we wanted to kind of promote that, that it's that you can work as a team and give other people, um, you know, a place to go and ask questions about it.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I think, you know, the the team mentality, whether it's, you know, you're running with your dog or having a team of of other people that are that are can crossing with you, uh, you can kind of build and learn from each other and stuff like that, right? It's so important mm-hmm. to have. I know from my personal experience, since I've been running with Piper, um, at the very beginning she was such a fearful dog and just really unsure, especially at nighttime, and. Over the over our training together, she's really become a lot more confident um, and less fearful, especially at night. Then now there are moments sometimes where she's unsure and she'll kind of look at me and she'll kind of fall back a little bit and, and she'll actually get behind me and let me kind of lead. And if the coast is clear, she'll get up front and start start going again. Right. But it's really neat that that interaction, that bond you build. I've had dogs my whole life, but I've never had a bond as strong as I have with Piper now. So there's really a lot to be gained from running other than just, you know, physical activity.
2: Yeah. And so much of it is we do a lot of other training that's so structured and canning cross is more of just allowing the dog and you to open up on a trail and go for it without trying to correct like in a heel. You're using the dog's like natural ability to fully extend and want, you know, to get out in front and those sort of things help help a lot of dogs come out of their shells.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me ask. So um, your organization, you're based out of Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. And are you hosting races yourselves now? Or are you just kind of organizing things with with other people that host races? Or how how do you structure everything?
2: Um, our plan for the future is to definitely host races ourselves right now during with the pandemic and things going on, we've kind of taken a step back from that, but we also want people to be able to train and run from home wherever you are and not actually have to be there physically. Um, and that's why we started to develop our, um, titling program. A lot of dog sports have programs that you can get involved with to, um, you know, help each other, uh, to grow that bond in the train. And so we wanted to, uh, kind of bring that into the Canning Cross world. So we don't have any physical races yet, but that's something that we want to eventually take on. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think the physical races are very hard to come by, whether it's, whether it's with your canine friend or not, because of, because of the pandemic, right? There's been a lot of yeah. virtual stuff going on right now. So, um, let's talk about this titling program. So what are the ins and outs of that? And, you know, do you have to be in Atlanta to, um, you know, apply for the titling program? Or is it open to anybody in North America?
0: Um, Actually open to anybody. Um, okay. So we really didn't want to be, it was so specific that we only catered to the Atlanta market because we have, you know, we have a following here. We have um, people that come out and join us on our, our training runs. Uh, so we really didn't want to stop there. So We've made it open to um, really to anyone. Obviously, we're catering specifically to the U.S. market, but we have um, in our rulebook um, to allow for people outside the U.S. to participate as well um, if they are also lacking that opportunity. Um, but I have a feeling that the majority of The people who participate are going to be in the U.S. since, again, that's where they is is the biggest lack. Um, And Alexis, if you want to talk about the the three titles that we've got working on right now.
2: Okay, yes. So we have um, three options for people to kind of earn uh, awards. Um, the first one is lifetime achievement miles. And those miles are earned just regular training runs you do with your dog. Um, and so you would accumulate those miles based on, you know, going out and just running a trail with a group or running a trail by yourself. Um, and they pertain to the dog itself. So the dog is the one that's earning those miles with you. So if you have two dogs, each dog is earning miles separately. Um, and then we have different milestones. So 50 miles is one milestone, hundred miles and so on. Um, the next one is um, uh, championship. No, not championship. What is it called? The <laughs> uh, Lizzie, I totally forgot the name of it.
0: <laughs> the are you talking
2: about the race distance yeah race distance okay, okay. <laughs> sorry so race distance would be the next title and you can earn those based on our different normal distance classes five k's 10 k's half marathons and marathons and as you accumulate more races with your dogs you would submit those to us and earn titles based on how many um races you've accumulated okay. and from there you can do another level with the, the championship title which allows you to um, do different distances and add those up. So you can do a handful of 5Ks, a handful of 10Ks, a handful of halves, and earn a title based on that. So Mm -hmm. we're trying to allow for all different skill levels. You know, it's not time-based. It's not place-based. It's just getting out there with your dog, earning those miles, and Mm -hmm. seeing how far you can go at your pace and your dog's
3: pace. I love
0: it. love it. Yeah, and when we outlined the program, we thought all right, how do we make it so that this is really catering towards the mission of Caney Cross, which um, is canine cross country when you break it down. Um, So we're not looking for people to be running um, road races with their dogs. Um, Though, you know, if that's what's only available in your area, uh, we get it. That's a lot of what we have available to us as well. Um, So we really have to push to make sure that our dog is allowed to come run trail races with us. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, the miles and the races that Alexis is talking about, we really want those to be trail miles because canine cross country is intended to be run on the trail, run with your dog in harness. Um, So there are some additional stipulations that we've outlined to make sure it really is canine cross miles that are getting counted towards these different titles.
1: Yeah, you want to stay true to the sport. Exactly. Okay. So Jackie, let's say I want to take my dog on a run. Like, let's say I joined a virtual 10k trail race in my area. Would I be eligible then to kind of apply for the titling and submit that run?
3: Yes, absolutely.
1: Wonderful. As long
3: as, well, once we start accepting the uh, applications, which I believe is going to be early next year okay, and uh, they start the races up again. Yes. As long as you can submit you are fine with any race basically.
1: Okay. That's great. So it would be fairly easy then, especially in the, in the climate right now with all these virtual races where you're kind of running on your own anyways, you wouldn't have an issue with, with going out and doing it with your dog because
3: the virtual is going to count for, um, I think I missed that part. The virtual counts for the lifetime achievement miles. They're not going to count for the race titles.
1: Okay. Okay. So you actually have to be in an, 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 Yes. Actual, sorry, I completely in-person. missed the No, nope, okay. part. <laughs> okay. All right. So that makes sense too. Um, do you find that, um, it's difficult to find trail races where they will allow dogs to go along?
3: Yeah, we have found that it is very difficult. A lot of people, it's the getting the insurance and they don't want to, you know, they've had a bad experience with somebody who has a poorly behaved dog. So, we have definitely hit some walls on certain trail races. So we're trying to hit the ones that allow dogs and showing them that, you know, we have well-behaved dogs that can do this and not cause a ruckus and, you know, just try to build that relationship to hopefully get more and more races on board.
1: Yeah, I, I guess there would be, you know, if people have that preconceived notion that, you know, dogs are going to bite or they're going to be kind of wily, then that's kind of a... of. Um... A PR nightmare for you guys to kind of have to overcome that stigma right because really you know maybe one out of 100 dogs is going to be misbehaved right and I think for the most part if I had a dog that I knew I couldn't really trust with I wouldn't be entering events like this anyways right but I guess what kind of tips or advice would you have for people who are listening right now that are that are kind of wanting to get out and run with their dogs but they're not really quite sure where to start like let's say you know casual dog owner I'd like to get some exercise for myself and my dog and, you know, where would I go? Would it be okay to just take my regular lead and collar and go running with them? Or what kind of, you know, advice would you guys give to people like that?
0: So of course it's okay. If you are brand new to running, you've got a couple of options. If you are a runner who wants to just run with your dog on your regular leash and, um, line, and that's where you're comfortable. Um, you don't, have a place in our program, but you certainly have a place in the dog running community. So we're never gonna say that that's not acceptable, um, but it does not count as keeny Cross. Um, so if you are maybe the above average dog owner and you know that your dog um, is going to enjoy the running and that you don't wanna have that fight with your dog the entire run where you're saying, please Fido, please heal with me while we run at my pace, which is much slower than your pace, <laughs> Um inevitably. I mean, we're all slower than our dogs, yeah. um, no matter how fast we are. Um so you know, you if you don't want that battle, um, because I'll I'll say myself, before I found Kanye Cross when I was trying to force myself to get out and run um for my older dog Hedwig, I'm um, I had her run in a heel and we did a couch to 5k program through an app and that's what we did to get started. And she ran next to me. And at the end of the day, that worked. Um, but as soon as we found Caney Cross and realized that there was an opportunity for the dogs to get out front and really be leading the charge on the run um, and, and set the pace a little bit more, because if I'm setting the pace and I'm forcing my dog to heel next to me, we're probably going to be a little bit slower because um, I'm having to manage my dog the entire run, uh, whereas now that we've you know discovered Caney Cross, it allows them to get out front. Um, and that's the hard part is for dogs that have been required to heal or maybe haven't been asked to do anything um, specific on leash, teaching them that it's okay to be out front, teaching the directionals, the left and the right, a, a slow down, a speed up. Um, that's where I would start. So if you're already running with your dog and they're running on a line next to you, um, I would say before you put them in the cany cross harness and try to go out and do a, you know, a cany cross run, I would work on teaching a left and a right an easy and a speed up if and even if you just pick two of those (laughs) pick a left and a right (laughs) because that's going to make it a lot easier for you uh, to navigate the trails and like jackie was saying you know we have a stigma to overcome Uh, so if your dog is a a disaster and can't um, can't be steered (laughs) from the back then they're probably not ready to go out and hit the trail um, there are tons of resources available on the North America Keeny Cross page. Um, we have some awesome trainers that um, we recommend people to that will do a um, web, um, just like this Zoom training session, Wonderful. how to teach your dog. So it doesn't matter where you're located. Um, you can find somebody who um, can help you teach the directionals, help you get your dog comfortable with a line out which is the command for them to move to the end of the line, um, essentially the first step to having them out front and pulling.
1: Okay. Do you find that um, that's one of the, the hardest things to get the dogs to, to learn or relearn even is to be able to, to get out front and pull? Because like you said, when you're walking <laughs> with a conventional leash, you want them by your side, right? So yes. is this something that the dogs have, you know, it's like kind of can cross 101, be out front. and Is it hard mm-hmm. for them to learn that or do they pick it up pretty quick?
3: I think it really depends on the dog itself, because I have one that just does not want to leave my side. So just getting her out. The best thing I found is to be in a group to make her want to get out, want to go visit other things and kind of get out of her own head on that. But I also didn't start early with her as well. So it was a bit of a challenge, but she's starting to get it better. But the other ones I started early and just, you know, when they learned when they're in harness, they are out front and they don't really they don't need to listen to me other than the directions I <laughs> tell them.
1: That's great. So even though if, if, if a dog's been conditioned to be on the leash and be by your side, they can still relearn it. It might just take a little bit longer, but, right. but they can learn. You can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs>
0: yeah, <yes. laughs>
1: yeah. That's great. both
0: of mine started in a heel and we still compete in, um, in competitive obedience sports where they are required to be by my side and they know the difference Um, because we've been really consistent in our training. And I think Jackie made a great point. They know when they're in harness. So I don't put my dog in harness and then ask them to heal by my side. I put them in harness and then we run. If I put them in a flat collar, then we're probably going to be healing by my side. Um, So having consistency in your training and consistency in the gear that you're using can really help the dogs be more confident that this is what you want from me.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And it's something I've been kind of practicing subconsciously, I think, because whenever I get my harness and and lead out for Piper, I kind of, I keep it in the same spot and, you know, I'm getting my running gear on and she's kind of caught on to that. So I let her sniff it and, you know, I start, okay, let's go to work. Let's go for a run. And I get mm-hmm. it on and, and um, she knows like she gets excited now when she sees it. Right. So it's, it's been, Interesting though, because when I put her on, on the regular uh, leash and collar just to go for a walk, you know, she's been really kind of wanting to get up front there. So I've had to do a lot of extra work with her to, mm-hmm. to keep her in a heel. And, but she's learning now, you know, three, four walks into it. And um, she's, she's doing a lot better now. So, so, which is good. And she's a husky. So she likes to pull, right? She's got some husky <laughs> in her. So she loves it. Running with a furry friend certainly brings a new meaning to the term run wild. If you're a runner who goes out with her dog, I'd love for you to send a picture of that to me at trailltalesarp at gmail.com for your chance to get featured on an upcoming episode of TrailTales ARP. I hope you're enjoying the conversation with Alexis, Lizzie, and Jackie from North American Canacross. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> run wild. I want to ask a little bit more about the tiling program. I don't want to get off that topic just yet. So let's say I, you know, me and Piper go out and I'm working towards, you know, the, the lifetime mileage award and we hit, you know, 50 miles or whatever it is, or 80 kilometers if you're Canadian. <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> um, So, and, and we hit that milestone. Is there something that we receive or do we get like some sort of virtual badge or something? Or how does, how does that work?
2: Yeah, actually, um, I have a sample of it, but we're doing challenge coins. Awesome. Um, We figure... We always go out. Well, we did used to go out for drinks after (laughs) like (laughs) like the idea of the challenge coin history of coin check at a bar. And we just kind of, you know, there's ribbons in a lot of dog sports. There's medals in running. And we just thought it would be fun to do something different that people could collect and be proud of. So with the program, when you hit those milestones, you get different challenge coins and a certificate. And um, those, you know, the more you do and the more you accomplish, the more intricate they become, the different metals they become. So I can pull one out for you. you
1: Sure. Yeah, we'd love to see it. (laughs) So I know when I first learned about Challenge Coins, I was part of an organization or a team that had them and I didn't really know what they were. So then they kind of said, yeah, well, if we ever go out for bevies afterwards, just make sure you have it with you because if somebody tosses a coin on the table to challenge everybody's got to have it. Right. And then, so whoever doesn't have the coin has to pay pretty much. Is that the deal? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's fun. I mean, that's the thing, like the thing about Canning cross I found is it's fun. You know, it's there's races can be, you know, everybody gets like morning jitters before a race, but there's something about having your dog there that makes it more relaxed and more fun. So, um, yeah, we have our 50 mile coin. Wonderful. And it's double-sided.
1: It's got a paw on one side and a 50 on the other. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So that's Love like it. the first one that we've gotten and we have, um, certificates that people will be able to receive to show off their accomplishments because Beautiful. earning awards is just kind of like human nature <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to be rewarded. It gets that, uh, you know, your dopamine up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Every,
1: everybody likes to get some bling, right? So if you can yeah, get some exactly. bling with racing with your dog, it's even better.
2: Exactly.
1: So, yeah. Oh, that's (laughs) wonderful. So I know you had mentioned, you know, can across can be for for any dog really from little guy to a bigger guy. Are there are there dogs out there, though, that wouldn't be really um, so well bred for running because I know like I've got three myself. And I know two of them I wouldn't run because I don't think they do very well. They're both Boston Terrier, French Bulldog, smushy face dogs, you know, and, and number one, right now it's winter. They don't do well in the cold. Like they freeze mm-hmm. up pretty quick. They're limited time outside. But uh, I, I guess it's that, that brachiocephalic smushy face. Mm-hmm. It's kind of harder for them to breathe a little bit in that yeah. in that type of weather. Like they can go in the backyard and they run, run, run. But I don't know if I'd be comfortable running with them. Like what, what's your advice on that?
0: I think you make a really good point because one of the big things that I would say is if you have a dog in front of you already do some analysis, like you just mentioned, does my dog physically have the capabilities to be my running partner? Um, And um, being brachycephalic, having a smushed in face um, certainly is a disadvantage. So if you do want to run with a um, brachycephalic dog, like a Boston Terrier, then make sure you're doing things at a pace that is reasonable for them. So what you and Piper are going to go out and run totally different than what you're going to go and do with your Boston Terriers. Um, and they, like I said, they may not even be a dog that's interested in this sport, Right. but like I said, look at the dog in front of you. If you have a basset hound that's 12, um, that's probably not going to be your best, um, ultra marathon running buddy. (laughs) because that's really not what they're made for. Um, But if you have a dog that is otherwise in good physical condition, according to your vet, um, even if they're not the perfect build for running, um, they can still be a great running buddy. Um, Just make sure that you pick um, specific harnesses for them. I think we just had a conversation um, with some of our members going back and forth on our board uh, about how the um, X back harnesses that all of us on the call utilize for our dogs um, wasn't working as well for her dog. Um, he was seeming more sore after the runs and he just seemed to do better um, in a shorter harness that just fit around um, you know, his shoulders as opposed to coming all the way back um, to um, to the tail. So stuff like that is our ways that you can make sure that your dog is set up for success, no matter what they are. Um, now, if you're going to pick a dog and you're thinking, I want a running buddy, um, then there's certainly ways that you can do your best to select a dog that is going to fit your needs. Um, so you've got two choices, going to a rescue, um, like Piper, um, like my two running buddies, Um, You can also go to a breeder, um, so you can select a breed that is going to be better at running. Um, But when you do that, what you need to do is say, my primary goal for this dog, am I an ultra marathon runner or am I an avid runner? And every single day or a couple days a week, I am going to go out and I'm going to run with this dog and we are going to run until this dog is tired and I'm always going to be um, meeting this dog's energy needs because running is my whole life? Um, or are you a more casual runner and, you know, 80% of this dog's life is going to be cuddling with the family on the couch. And then a couple times a week, you're going to go out for a short run um, or even some longer runs. But for the most part, Um, your running habits wouldn't really um, meet the energy needs of some of the running dog breeds like um, GSPs, German Shorthead Pointers, um, Weimar Runners, um, like the Huskies. Um, So these dogs that are made for motion um, are not always going to be the best family pet if you're not prepared to um, meet their energy needs. So if you're looking for a dog... Uh, then make sure that if you pick a breed that fits your lifestyle um, and then where they fit into your running um, just needs to kind of match up to that. Uh, actually, me, Alexis, you've got a great example. So Billy is a Border Collie. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing um, dog for her family because she's got a young son and he's fantastic with, um, with their lifestyle And while none of our dogs are gonna go out and compete at the World Games, they all fit really nicely into into our families. Um, So Alexis runs with her Border Collies, Jackie runs with Goldens, um, I run with my um, lovely Mutts, and um, they all work out because at the end of the day, they're also the dog that we wanna come home with um, and not just the one that you wanna run with and you run really fast and then you come home and you're like, please get out of my hair. Um, So, um, so it's really important. Um, and if you have questions about it, especially if you're going to a rescue, um, I would recommend if you're rescuing to ask a lot more questions, if you're going to a breeder and you're going to someone who's reputable and you've picked the breed that's right for your family, then you're going to have better luck. Um, you know, going that route and having predictability. If you mm-hmm. go to rescue, then make sure that you ask questions. Um, about, you know, if it's a puppy about the breed mix, if they don't know the breed mix, then know that you're going to have some uncertainty because you don't know how they're going to grow up. I was incredibly lucky with motive. I got him as a puppy. He could have turned out to be anything (laughs) Um, lucked out. And he's got um, a lovely snout. He's got beautiful long legs and um, you know, the desire to work, Um, but not everybody's so lucky. So if you are so are dead set on having a running buddy, then it's always good. I think to pick a dog that's a little bit older from the rescue. So you've already got an idea what their body structure looks like and um, what their personality is like so that you, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, Cause I see all the time in training people who adopt a dog from the shelter thinking I, usually it's the opposite thinking this is going to be a great couch potato for my family. Yeah realize it's the the opposite, which um, is the story of my other dog who was hurting children. And (laughs) turns out she needed a job, Um, but it can go the other way as well, where you get a dog really desperately wanting, you know, your ultra marathon buddy. um, And then they turn out to be a, you know, a Basset Hound Pomeranian mix and they're um, terrible for what you're hoping for.
1: Yeah, that's that's really uh, those are some really good insights that you offer there, because like you said, if you are going to rescue and it's a younger dog, you really don't know. Right. And when we got when we got Piper, um, I didn't even even have any intention of running with her we just kind of went and and we got her and and then I thought well you know if she turns out to be a high energy dog maybe I can start running with her like this is before I knew about candy cross or anything like that right and I just wanted to try to keep up with her and keep her tired so she wouldn't like destroy (laughs) everything in the house you know and and it works out well I'm just yeah very fortunate that she it's something that she really enjoys and Mm -hmm. and I can't like I said I can't really describe how strong of a bond I have with her and she has with me it's it's really remarkable so it's it's just a wonderful thing and you know if you get a dog that's not so motivated you can always get another dog and and maybe you'll you'll get lucky and then you can go learn from the pack you can get your own little pack right
2: that's what's so great about running with the group too is that the dogs all kind of learn from each other and you Mm -hmm. learn from the other runners to you know keep moving forward i mean that's what motivates us is the dogs and then getting together. <laughs> and that's what we found about Canning Cross is that being able to run in groups really helps, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's that pack mentality and and they'll just pick up on it really quickly and, and they'll go. Right. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see here. We want to I want to talk about equipment before we get into kind of distances and stuff. So uh, you had mentioned it's the the X the X back harness. Is that what it's called?
0: That's what on this call utilizes. Okay. Um, it's a specific type of harness um, that's specifically made for um, Caney cross running. Um, you'll also see it on sled dogs and okay. you know, bike joring and ski joring. Um, but it's just one of the options. There are a ton of options out there, and like I said before, dog dependent, person dependent. Um, It can get pretty um, complicated to try to find the right match. So I would recommend if anyone's looking for harnesses or gear recommendations in general um, to check out a group like ours, Um, we've got all the information that we've gathered over the years. Um, We've got a great knowledge um, base that you can pull from, but you can also ask other people. Um, And that was how, you know, two of our members kind of figured out that uh, for them with Their height in relation to the dog, their specific dog, that the best setup for them was not to use an X-back and to use um, another type of harness. Right. Um, So while we personally like those, um, they certainly we wouldn't advocate to use that regardless of your dog, we would say, if it's a good fit.
1: Okay. So Um, I guess... Go ahead, go ahead.
0: I was going to say like
2: equipment with canon Crush shouldn't be very intimidating either. Like there are a lot of options out there. Um, you know, just like with anything, when you're starting to use something, you learn about something else, and sometimes you try a different, you know, brand or whatever. But the main goal is that the dog has full extension of their arms, that they are able to get that pull and forward motion. You don't want a lot of the training harnesses that we don't use restrict a dog because most people want to prevent that dog from pulling. Mm -hmm. With us, we want the dog to be able to move the way they naturally would move running. We want them to be able to pull on their runner a little bit so any harness that allows that is going to work for you for for cannon cross
1: okay so it's not like you have to have specific a type harness you can have whatever really does work for you and i guess experimentation is the best way to do it and see exactly Um, okay and it's great to have a resource like you guys can go to your website and just check out or contact you guys and 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 ask questions right
2: yeah, and a lot of people on our Facebook page um voluntarily will put up reviews on what they've used, their experiences. That's one of the top questions we get all the time. Like, what kind of gear should I use? And everybody has an opinion and is willing to put <laughs> what they think and it's super helpful because there is so much out there. So, yeah, but it shouldn't be intimidating. It should, you know, it's fu- it should be fun and, you know, there's all different types of brands all different types of colors and all of our dogs have <laughs> their different styles so <laughs> it's it's fun you know it's it's fun to see what other people are using in the experiment and you just you just really want the dog to be able to move freely so yeah. so but we I don't recommend really- anything that crosses the front that restricts the shoulder from pulling all the way back on the dog
3: things like that. Okay. Personally, remove. I think I've gone through several options of harnesses, just trying to find the right one. So it's it's just trial and error. And luckily you can generally resell most of your harnesses pretty easily. So <laughs>
1: good it's, to know. Good to know.
3: <laughs> it's like the worst.
1: Yeah. And it's almost like you know what, you're you're trying to find what kind of shoes work for you best. Sometimes you're exactly. gonna go through different right. types of shoes to see, you know.
0: Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. I've just been through that. Um so cool. <laughs> Like Insta PTSD, but no one should. <laughs> it's for you. Um, and for the dogs, it doesn't stop at the harness. I think it should start at the harness because at the end of the day, the, you know, the dogs safely performing their job um, is number one, but um, it's also important to make sure that from the harness, you get a um, a bungee line Again, so many options, but if you find a harness that you like almost guaranteed that that same brand is going to have a line that works. Um, so you don't necessarily have to, um, make it complicated if it doesn't need to be. Um, and then the, the hip belt for the, the two legged runner is also critical. Um, I know I went through, um, two, well, three different iterations. The one was kind of, uh, um, I highly recommend against the leashes that just clip around your waist. hmm Make a ton of recommendations on here because I think it's best to find what works for you, but don't do that.
1: Um, <laughs> is, it, is it bad to say that's the one I'm using right now?
2: <laughs> so the reason that
0: that's so bad is that it's it's pulling on your lower back and yes. it is not good for you. Um, I am not your chiropractor, but my chiropractor definitely nixed that idea really quickly. You want to find something that fits around your hips.
1: Okay, so it it's lower.
0: It's a lower fit. Because then when you're actually your dog is pulling against you, it's a part of your body that isn't going to like your back. If your dog is pulling against you this way is going to bend with the dog's pressure, but your hips are going to move with them. Um, If that's my only real recommendation is um, as quickly as you can move away from the waist clip belt, Um, your chiropractor and your back will thank you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, something that's, that evenly distributes the weight of mm-hmm. the dog pulling. Yeah. And when you're comfortable, you're able to go more miles. You're able to go faster. So investing in like your team is so important because when you make those like little investments, like as most runners know, like shoes, like we were saying, you know, when you have the equipment that's right for you, you want to, you want to keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's important.
1: Yeah. Comfort, comfort is so important. Um, with, with that being said, Um, I have, I, there's a piece of equipment that you guys may not know about, and I think it's really going to take the can across scene by storm and it will get any dog out front. And what it is, it's about a six foot to seven foot pole with a string attached to it. And you get a little piece of pepperoni at the end. (laughs) it goes left, right, and straight. It's perfect. (laughs)
2: I've seen that on Bugs Bunny before. (laughs) There you go with the carrot, maybe.
1: (laughs) Um, that's, yeah, so... There we go. That's going to make us millions. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> as far as, as far as the, the, the leads go, um, or the bungees, how long are they typically, is there, is there a range or one that you prefer like is it six feet, eight feet, nine feet? How does it, how does it work there?
2: Yeah. Typically they range from four to nine feet. Okay. Those are for, um, what most clubs require. Um, so anywhere in between that you want, it depends on the dog's length. And your stride to, you know, you want to safely be able to both of you extend fully without tripping over each other. So it's a preference thing. Um, regulation wise, based on most clubs, it's usually four feet to nine feet.
1: Okay. Because you it's also silly. don't
2: want to trip any other people running past you as well. Yes. Yeah, for sure. We don't want it to be too long. we are uh very much against um flexi leads. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> a big no, no, past no 9 feet is a tripping hazard. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. Um so what about um I guess we could call it supplemental equipment or or things for the dogs for their comfort because I know like, you know, the the condition of their pads. Right. If they get kind of torn up, I know some trails can be jaggedy with rocks and roots and stuff like that. Or even uh, like you had said earlier, sometimes you don't have the trails and you have to be on the roads or the sidewalks. And those can be pretty rough on the paws. I know recently I went to uh, my local pet store here and I found some like paws wax that I've been putting on Piper's paws. And I got some conditioning um, lotion, I guess, to put on her paws as well, just to kind of help because they're getting a little bit rough. But yeah. is there anything specific out there that you guys use personally? For that,
3: I haven't used anything, but we have really nice groomed trails that we've been running on. Okay. So I, we just haven't, you know, needed that, and we really don't get snow. We don't get the salt, so we really don't have a need to do much for their paws as long as they're still looking good. But a lot of people we know use um, a few different paw wax brands, and then um, we've never met anyone who wears the booties, but. I'm sure they are out there.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! I put booties on my dog one time. She couldn't even walk. She was just like, "What are you doing to I me?" Mean, She's doing one of those. It's hilarious. I've never you seen a dog to... successfully walk in those.
2: Oh, sorry. I was gonna say you want to condition your dog. You know, you um, you want them to develop a calloused paw, so you don't want to necessarily, you know, do a ton of miles if they're little puppy paws you don't want to right. do that anyway but you want them to develop their calluses naturally um one of the things that's so great on trail is you also want to make sure temperature wise um if you're going to walk your dog on the concrete or anything like that you do want to like make sure that if you can't put your hand there for more than five seconds your dog is not going to be able to keep their paws right. on that so you know you want to know your dog and know the conditions so that they do develop those paws calluses and you want to consult your vet if you have like a really bad tear or a toenail keep your toenails their toenails short if you have anything like that's that looks bad definitely consult your vet you know about about their paw paw maintenance and we do have some articles on our facebook page about paw maintenance as well because it's definitely um a part of the experience is keeping your dog healthy
1: so oh, great that's awesome um, yeah, that's really good. I know you had articles on the website for that. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go read those too. Cause I'm always kind of worried. I'm lucky up here where I live, it's a small town, so they don't actually use, uh, salt on the roads. They just dump sand everywhere. It makes an awful mess, but because uh-huh. we're near, they're like a, a major water supply, like the headwaters and they just put sand in, I guess, just so they don't contaminate it. So I'm lucky for that at least.
2: Yeah. yeah. Is I lucky. Loves, uh, oh, I was going to say, Jackie has toenail Tuesday where she
3: trims off <laughs> his toenails every Tuesday. <laughs>
1: Like like clockwork. I prefer eh?
3: taco Tuesday, but it is toenail Tuesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Um, so that pretty much covers all my equipment questions. Unless I've I've forgotten anything, you can chime in. But let's move the conversation over to distance with dogs. So I know like you know when I first became a runner I did too much too soon I ended up with like little injuries in my knees and my IT bands Mm -hmm. and stuff like that because I just you know fell in love with running and wanted to run all the time (laughs) and I think it's important that you know we look at our canine partners as as we would ourselves right and it, it would probably be important to kind of gradually build up their their base mileage and stuff before you start going out there and going in for longer and longer runs and while we're at it let's talk about like you know what's a good age to start introducing your dog into running as well but let's go to the mileage first like what are what are the limits of these dogs that are running can across
3: I think it really is dog and breed dependent because I have one dog that three miles is pushing it. She does not want to go any further. She's done. She's over it. But I have another that we're doing marathon training for the second year and she is just she could go further and it's no problem for her. So it's it's really dog dependent and you just have to know your own dog and know their limits.
1: Okay, that's very interesting just like and people. you made a
0: good point yes to to slowly just like people um introduce the new miles so when we ha- set out a training plan we make sure that our dogs are getting the same um you know increases gradually in miles that we are okay. so you know leaving our dog on the 10 mile run and then bringing them on the 20 mile run um, and not doing anything in between um so essentially like I said, just like you're doing with yourself um or maybe better than you and i both did our first year running because i could yeah bang you go. <laughs> you know ramped up a little too quickly um definitely injured myself had yeah. a circle and then this year i think we're doing a lot better through marathon training um but through the whole thing my dog has been like at the end of our 20 mile run he's still ready to keep going <laughs> oh <laughs> so. wow Um, Yeah, I have a 12 year
2: old. She does three miles and then she's back in the car and that's her limitation. And, you know, limitations are totally fine. You just have to know, you know, to protect your, your friend, your running buddy. So she does three and then Billy he'll, he's up to 15. We just broke our half marathon uh, limit. So we did 15 miles. A few weeks ago. So wow,
1: congratulations. Well, you
2: just thank you. So you just have to like know your dog. And just like us, you have to be prepared. You have to make sure your dog's hydrated. You have to make sure your dog is getting those extra calories when they're doing those longer miles. So Mm. just because they're dogs doesn't mean that they don't have um, you know, the same requirements as any runner does. And we recommend like any runner starting a program, look up a five to catch, uh, catch the 5K program and start there. Those are like great ways to um, get you and your dog acclimated to more miles. They're great ways to pace yourself and follow a program. Um, but, but there's a lot of um, options that you can use uh, for regular runners for you and your dog.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
0: And just like with people, rest days are critical. Um, Cross-training is important. So um, looking up stretches that you can do with your dog before they start their runs, um, stretches you can do to cool down, things that you can do on off days to still work their brain um, and then maybe give them little more, um, muscle tone. Like I know we do some, um, to work on core work because with one of my dogs, she's got shorter legs and a longer body. So her core being in good shape, it's really important for her to be able to continue running. So we have core days <laughs> just like people. Um, so it's important to think of them as a complete athlete. Um, just like you think of yourself. So if you have a yoga day, um, think about doing something with them as well.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, while we're at it, why don't we get into the some of the listener questions I had. I know you guys had a chance to kind of look them over, but it would be good to to talk about them now. Um, so I know that you had mentioned, you know, there are many different types of organizations out there across the United States um, that hold races. So some of the answers may not um, you know, have like a blanket blanket answer or whatever, but why don't we go through them now and see what we go to. So I do know you guys can choose to field them however you wish, I'll, I'll ask the first question here. So first question we had was, what is the average age of a Canine Cross person?
2: So, um, anybody can really run, it also depends on like the feder, uh, there's different federations and different clubs that host Canine Cross events. Um, And they do break it down on age, like any sort of like running club. So it depends on who's hosting that particular event. Um, But we've seen photos online where there's little kids and they're running with their dogs (laughs) and it's super cute. So it all depends on, you know, people's ability. Like we said, know your limitations, know your dog's limitations. And, you know, just because you can run a trail with a group You don't have to compete, you know, you can, this can be a fun thing that you just do on the weekends with your dog. So any age can really, as long as you know yourself and know your dog, you can hook up and chase tail. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Awesome. Awesome. And I love that. I love that. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be competitive. Like you said, with it, with the titling program, the lifetime mileage, you can just go out and get that and, and get your challenge coin, your certificate and be proud of it.
2: Exactly. We okay. um, with the tiling program right now, we ask that you're over 18 to start. just um, just for people's safety uh, that they do start our tiling program, you have to be over 18. But again, there are races that host where there's junior handlers. Um, there are races that host where the elite handlers run that are in between ages 18 to 40 and so on, just like um, any other run club would have. So okay. it depends on who's hosting.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, moving on, wondering if there are any, um, age group awards, I guess this would kind of be with it, with like the titling program. Do you have specific titles for like, you know, age group, like, you know, 25 to 35 and above? And
2: We just- don't, not with our titling program. Um, because it's your run at your own pace. Um, we allow anybody to submit your time. It could take you as long as you need to achieve those miles. So,
1: okay. Um, and when it comes to awards, again, a lot of award questions here. Um, do they generally separate the male and females, or is everybody kind of bulked in together under one category?
2: Uh, competitively, just like any other race, it it depends on who's hosting. Um, generally, there's a male and a female Canine Cross um, awards. Um, the local races that have allowed us to run in the past have separated it from male and female. So. Okay.
1: I'm wondering now it just popped in my head. Do they separate the the dogs themselves by male and female as well, or no?
2: (laughs) No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday in the future. But again, this is all kind of fairly new, especially in
1: North
2: America in terms of and the US in terms of um it becoming a reputable, you know, uh sport with a lot of races that are happening. Mm. Um, so maybe in the future, but right now I haven't into
1: one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I think that's why I appreciate all the work you you ladies are doing because you really are kind of like, you know, the, the front line here and bringing the sport here and trying to build it up. So it's really great. It's really great.
2: Thank um, you. Yeah.
1: Um, next question here is, um, do they have age categories for the dogs? Any of that you've heard of?
2: No, but, um, and I'll let Lizzie talk about that more. We were, um, in terms of training, um, you, for our program, we don't allow dogs that are under 18 months. Okay. And, um, one of the reasons is, is development. Um,
0: I'll let Lizzie talk about that a little bit more. Cause she's knows a lot more about that than I, <laughs> I do.
1: Sure, Lizzie.
0: Well, first I will say the only race I've ever been to that had anything, um, taken into account about the dog's age is a, a race that we participate in with our, uh, in Alabama, um, annual. Oh, yeah called the U.S. Canine Biathlon. And it's a dog-friendly trail, um, cross-country obstacle course run. And it's Totally um not Cany Cross specific. It is dog specific. And it's the only place I've ever had them um, give a handicap for based on your dog's age. Uh, so they give you a handicap based on the person's age. So the older you are running, you get like seconds taken off of your time. And the older your dog is that's running, you get seconds taken off of your time. Um okay. so um none of us have any <laughs> get any real credit there, but someday <laughs> we'll be glad for that, uh, that handicap.
1: Awesome. Good to know. Um, uh, but go and ahead, like Alexis
0: ahead. was saying, um, with the 18 months and older, um, we think that that's a good age for dogs to start being competitive. Um, it matches what a lot of other organizations do. Um, it, and it is tough to say this is the right age to start a dog running. Uh, because it is definitely breed specific, it is dog size specific, our smaller dogs are going to finish growing faster. Um, They'll be able to do things without causing damage a lot sooner than our um, medium dogs, large dogs. And then there's giant breed dogs that are um, in a category all their own, really, um, because in some cases they are well beyond 18 months um, when their growth plates are closed and they're safe to start activities like this. Um, Okay. We encourage the 18-month mark, um, and that's our hard stop for our program. Um, It's critically important for you to work with your vet. Um, I definitely encourage you to find a vet that is um, used to working with canine athletes. Um, So dogs, agility dogs, dock diving dogs, running dogs. Um, If your vet has familiarity with those, that's going to really help. Um, But check in with them. Make sure your dog is sound to run, that their growth plates are closed. Uh, before you start doing anything strenuous.
1: Okay, good advice there. Um, in terms of injuries, go on to the next question here. Um, are there, you know, common injuries that you've come across um, with people who are canter crossing either for humans or dogs, or what can you speak to about injuries here?
0: Uh, so having personally been through dog and human injuries this last year, um, I can definitely <laughs> <laughs> to that. Um, I think at the end of the day, Our dogs are athletes. We're athletes. We're all using our feet, our ankles, our legs, our knees, our hips. Um, Dogs are using a lot more core than we're using. Um, So you really have to think about, you know, all of our bodies are going through a lot. and um, It's really important to do what you can to prevent injury. Um, obviously, you mentioned um, having IT band issues. Um, I dealt with some of the same last year as well. Um, one of my dogs had a um, iliopsoas tear, um, which I do think is fairly common in dogs who are very athletic in this way, as well as in the agility world. Um, for those that don't know, that's um, the muscle and tendon structure that um, connects their um, their hip to like to the outside of their leg. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that you know they're groin area. Um, So that's something that can be common. Um, But at the end of the day, the best way to avoid injury um, is to make an effort with what I was mentioning before. Stretch your dog when you stretch yourself. If you're not stretching yourself, start doing that. Um, Do some things to um, build up muscle when you're not running. And at the end of the day, know that you're not alone in all this. Um, I have a chiropractor for myself. I have a PT muscle specialist for myself. I have both of those things for my dogs. In fact, they also go and see the masseuse um, on occasion. Um, And while you don't have to spend a ton of money seeing a ton of doctors or vets, um, it is good to find people in your area that work with your dogs, Um, make sure that they, you know, that their hips aren't out of alignment because that's when you're going to have an injury is just like with us, if part of my body is not aligned and I go try to run um, 20 plus miles, then I'm probably going to um, come out of that run um, in, in worse shape than I went into it. It's the same with the dogs. If something's out of whack, um, then they're much more likely to get to, to get injured. So just be mindful, um, have questions, find somebody in your area that you can ask. Um, because at the end of the day, we will always help. But uh, we are not your vet and we can't mm-hmm. make recommendations for individual dogs other than to um, find a vet that you trust.
1: OK, great advice, Sarah. And I think, you know, it's, it's interesting as as far as our dogs go, you get to learn them over time and see what their normal behaviors are. And my two younger dogs, they're they're 11 years old now. And uh, Rosie, she's always had kind of like back issues since she was a pup. And we noticed the other day, she was kind of, she looked like she was hurting we went to the vet and said, something's wrong with her back. And how do you know it's her back? Cause we know our dog. Right. So of course they did the x-rays and she ended up having a bulging disc and some stenosis. Oh. So got her oh. some medication. We had leftover medication because she had hurt her back in the past anyways, but she's, she's all better now. We've got her on a good regimen. She's on some new medications and she's moving like she's a pup again. So just, just very mm-hmm. careful with her. now. I'm always carrying her up the stairs now and stuff because I don't want her to, to hurt herself. But yeah, I think, you know, when you're out there with your dog and you come back from a run, if they're limping or walking, differently you just kind of because they can't talk to us right so you got to really be in tune with them and how they're moving
2: yeah exactly
1: yeah yeah okay um, well that covers all the questions we had I do have one question myself here if I were to approach um, you know uh, a, a race organizer a race director that's holding a, a local trail race what kind of tips could you give me to kind of sweeten the deal to see if I can get in there with Piper we've done that that's why i'm
2: asking lots of emails that's typically kind of how it started was we kept emailing race directors that had trails um we explained uh we we explained to them you know that we're a club that we're running canning cross that we're interested in coming to the race and would you allow us um most the race directors look it up when you say Canning Cross because they haven't heard it. And most people are really excited about it. A lot of it depends on, you know, um, the not so fun legal and insurance issues more than people not wanting dogs there. So, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. And we send out emails all the time asking, can you have us? And we think that the more people go, show up and represent the sport and People love coming up and petting dogs and asking questions. <laughs> and the more people that see it, the more the sport's going to become a bigger, you know, a a, a bigger sport, in the, especially in the states, because it is big every a lot in a lot of other countries, but not so much here yet. So that's our goal. So don't be intimidated. Email the race director. Let them know you're running Canning cross. You know, you can direct them to our website if they need to know, which is North American We have a bunch of info up there about what it is and um,
0: you know, just ask around and usually they'll have you back. <laughs> <laughs> You <laughs> and, and if it's just you, um, if you are in a place where you don't have other Caney Cross runners, like for us, we're usually like, Hey, it's all 12 of us. Can we, <laughs> um, um, but if it's just you, then I would say, if you're emailing the race director say, Hey, my dog Piper is really well trained. We've been working really hard. She is my running companion. Um, you know, we are, this is our normal pace. We'll start in the front because, you know, your maroma pace is fast or this is our normal pace. We'll start behind your regular runners. Um, So do what makes sense to you. So regardless of where in the pack you think you'll be, just Mm -hmm. be in a place that is convenient for them. Um, And and they might just go, we don't care where you run. Come on. Um, They might also say, we don't care where you run. Our lawyer said no. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's going to happen, but, um, but keep asking. And I would just ask that if you find a race that your dog is able to attend, tell other people, um, and let them come too. because, you know, we really want this to be a stepping stone for other people. So whenever we find a race that the director said, sure, come on, we Bring as many people as we can. We post it on the on our personal pages and say, hey, if anyone's looking for a race, um, and you know, back when live races were more prevalent, we would have coming from other states is that we had emailed and asked, can we bring our dogs? Can we run Caney Cross? So uh, make sure that we keep this a community activity and you know, invite whoever you can. And again, you know, represent the the sport well pick up after your dog while you're on the trail. Don't let a runner complain about having stepped in something they didn't want to step in, yeah. you know, try not to trip over other runners. Um, when normal people go to a race, you get to just run and focus on you. When we go, we have to kind of elevate ourselves a little bit, make sure that we're a good representation. And then like Alexis said, most of the time they'll ask us to come back. <laughs>
1: That's great. Um, before we head out, speaking of representing, um, now I notice you all have some really great t-shirts on. Yeah. <laughs> can, can people, can people purchase those to wear at a race that they get themselves into?
2: Uh, not all through our website. We do through the website. We, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We have a little Etsy shop that we sell our, uh, our brand stuff for awesome. And we have hookup and chase tail shirts and magnets and things like that. Cause again, it's for us, it's about getting as many people involved and promoting the sport as much as possible to, you know, that anyone can do it.
1: Yeah. So there's lots of good swag. So if you're listening to this, get out there, call the local trail race directors, get your dog out there, get a North American Canicross t-shirt or something, (laughs) wear it to the race and and spread the word.
2: Yes. Thank you.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to join me here today. I really do appreciate it. Um, Before we go real quick, um, why don't you just drop us your, your social media or your website so people know where to get in touch with you?
2: Sure. We have um, www.northamericancanningcross.com or nacanningcross.com. Either one of those will work. Okay. We're on Facebook. We have the North American Canning Cross group page where you're welcome to post your runs so we can see your dog and your activities and ask questions. Awesome. Um, That's the fan club page. And we also have a regular Facebook page um, where we post events and things like that. And then on Instagram, we're at North Cross.com. I'm sorry, North American Canning Cross, N-A Canning Cross. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wonderful. We're all over. <laughs> all over and not hard to find. <laughs> awesome. So uh, Jackie, Lizzie, and Alexis, thank you once again. I'm going to leave you with our customary saying here that we close our show out with. I think it's very appropriate for this show. And that is to run wild. Yeah! <laughs> Trailtails ERP now has a brand new YouTube channel. You can head over there through our website and check out all our latest videos. And please don't forget to subscribe. If you could also leave us a review on wherever you get our podcast from, that would be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tails underscore ARP. And you can also join our Strava running group at trail ARP. Thank you so much for your continued support. Run wild.